Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hangout, the podcast where we're going to from the West Coast. I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. This week, we have the Wilds Trivia coming up on December 15th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. You can get your tickets at bit.ly slash the Wilds Trivia. Make sure you get those by the end of today. We really want to see you there. We also want to remind everyone that in Season 6, we have started releasing Patreon-only bonus episodes. We have released four of them already. The last one we put up was on Mulholland Drive. We had a lot of thoughts on that movie. You're not going to want to miss these, especially because our next one is going to be coming out. It's a little Christmas present for everyone. It's coming out on December 26th. And it's going to be on Chasing Amy. So if you want to listen to those, that <laughs> Ellie's oh already. God. I cannot wait to talk about it. Also, um, that act, the actress from Chasing Amy was just on the Outward Generation Q and is mm-hmm. Alice's mm-hmm. new love dress. So I was like, oh, my God, perfect timing. But that movie. Perfect timing. Wrecks me. So just a reminder, you can get those bonus episodes if you join our Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon, and we're having a lot of fun with them. So we we hope everyone's enjoying them as much as we are. We also want to let you all know that our Should Have Been Gay episode 100 is coming up soon. Keep an eye out. We are going to be hosting a live event for it on Zoom. So keep an eye out for that. Whenever we have it up, we will let you know. You can get your tickets. In the greater Les universe, I feel like everyone's talking about White Lotus and I haven't watched White Lotus yet. Even like my straight friends are watching White Lotus. I haven't so watched it yet is either. It, so it but is it gay? Does it actually get gay? There's some gay things that have happened recently. So apparently okay. I looked this up so I could talk about it, but Valentina is one of the characters who's in love with Isabella, and Isabella has a male fiance. So she's sad about Isabella. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. And so she ends up having her first experience with another woman, with Mia, who's a sex worker at the who comes into the restaurant that she works at. This so, show sounds messy. <laughs> oh yeah, and oh, I think Aubrey Plaza's it. Aubrey Plaza's in it, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, it looks like a great cast. I should honestly start watching it. I, I'll watch it. I mean, I feel like everyone likes it. I just haven't had time. I haven't had time to dive in but yet. So. There was apparently a really great lesbian sex scene, so we have to check it out. Okay, we'll get on it. Also, Margot Robbie keeps talking about wanting Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy to date in the movies, so... She's correct. Let's do it. She's, I want to see it. She's absolutely correct. We all want to see it. Let's do it. Yeah. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode nine of season six, Gancient History. <laughs> and we are joined by a very special guest today to help us dive into that history, Kirsty Lore is a writer and English teacher. She loves women, football, history, and comedy, but not necessarily in that order, and lives in Brighton with her partner and their son. Kirsty, thanks so much for being here. No, no problem. Gangshit history. I love it. I love right? a pun. I love puns. <laughs> and so do we. And that is so just magic. If it's not in that order, women, football, history, and comedy, what's the what's the correct order? You know how many so many people have asked me that? I didn't <laughs> I didn't even write that. <laughs> And like people are like, hey, Kirstie, what's the order? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, women. Let's say women. Women is the order. Women Women's number definitely one. the order. Yeah. yeah you got it. Well, women does come in first in that bio. So it someone does. did something right when they wrote it. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they knew the audience, I guess. Yeah. yeah. gif. Correct. Okay. <laughs> and then it. And then the rest in varying orders of yeah, importance. Yeah, how I feel on the day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. So we're here to talk about your book, A Short History of Queer Women. So why don't you just tell us a little bit, what's the book about? What inspired you to write it? Okay, so I guess the title says it all really, doesn't it? A Short History of Queer Women. I wrote it because for two reasons, basically. The first reason was for me, really, and maybe other people like me, but I'm 36 years old and, uh, you know, it's not I'm not that's not old really I mean I tell myself that every day but in terms of <laughs> same, tech- same, yeah, same. Know, right? but in terms of technology you know it's ancient especially for a young gay kid like me from Manchester in the UK and we didn't have the internet I mean we did but it, no one had it in the house we barely had it in school there was still a bit of and people didn't really know what to do with it so I kind of realized I was gay about 15 and before that I was so certain that I was straight so it really hit me hard and it just completely changed my life. And when I find something out or when when I want to know, th- I like to find out every single piece of information about something that I'm interested in. So for about two years, I was completely closed off from a lot of people just trying to figure it out, really. And there was just no no one on TV, no one really in the media. You had Ellen back then, but, you know, the, the Ellen thing was weird back then, you know, it was it was a weird thing. If you if you even talked about her, you'd be so worried that someone would think, oh, my God, you're a lesbian. And yeah. y- there was just nothing there. And it, you'd really try and find pieces of information. And it it's just scattered everywhere. There was nothing chronological. So I just thought, wouldn't it be amazing if there was just a little book, you know, that just had right from the beginning up until the current day of just all these queer women just having a life and having lots of sex because that was important to me as well to include that and just loving each other and then the second reason was you know I've done a lot of queer theory and a lot of gender studies and a lot of lesbian studies and it's just so academic at times and it can be really overwhelming especially for me I mean I'm not really good at stuff like that reading things like that a lot of it goes over my head and the jargon especially and and I enjoy those subjects so it can be a bit overwhelming and a bit isolating and inaccessible so I wanted to write something that 
was accessible to people who maybe felt the same as me. And it was an easy read, you know, because history books can be quite dense and um, academic again. So I just thought I'm going to write how I talk, really. And and then I did. And yeah, that's what came out of it. And that's it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel like we should preface for any of our listeners who might be interested in the book, but who have that, like, because I think a lot of people do, right? You have that sense where you're like, oh, I'm not the kind of person who reads, like, nonfiction, academic, like, historical yeah. <laughs> accounts. It's not that. Um, it's not that. If you want, like, a fun, uh, a fun, easy read, it's funny, you know? Like, Thank it's, you. and, and the other thing that I love about that is it's so fun to just, like, have, humor <laughs> around so many of these topics which like you don't get all the time especially in like academic circles you know where it's like I feel like there's always this sense of you're like if something's funny it's less serious you know and you're like no it's it's funny especially it's, it can be funny <laughs> especially with with the history of with, with lesbians in general and queer women and queer people I mean, it's depressing. I mean, in this book, it's depressing. You know, no one really yeah. has a happy life in this book, but there are happy aspects of their life and they do a lot of funny things. And lesbians have this represent reputation and these stereotypes, as you know, the boring ones of the LGBT community. You know, we, <laughs> we have this lavender color that's associated with us. That's just careful. Like, the, the Swifties are going to descend. I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we just kind of get labeled as, you know, we, we don't have sex or, you know, lesbian bed death. And, you know, I'm not saying that this is not true because a lot of stereotypes are true, which is quite another funny thing about lesbians is that we do go into those stereotypes often. But then, you know, we also do have sex with a lot of people and we like having sex. And I think that's not just lesbians, that's women in general. And a lot of queer people enjoy having sex and enjoy dating and are passionate and do ridiculous and absurd things with other women or in relationships like the heterosexual community do. Like we all do those things, but all you ever really see in the media is this person came out and then they died. And that's basically <laughs> what you see. Yeah. Also, I like that you're talking about these like stereotypes because when I was reading the book, like I do feel like it's like littered with stereotypes in the best way. So like what were some like when you're doing your research, what were some of your favorite ancient stereotypes where you're like oh these like historical lesbians like you hauled together or like I like too like there were a lot of like lesbian players that you're talking about you know what I mean like the Shane archetype lives in history so like what were some of your favorites I think the one with Sappho where um she played the guitar and she, she had to cut her nails to do it or she alone no, she didn't she needed to keep them long to play the guitar but she wanted to, she needed to cut them also to have sex with other women so that was a dilemma for her <laughs> so she invented the plectrum which I just think is genius like that is like some good lesbian thinking DIY love it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she literally yeah she literally yeah. is like the inventor of the pick yeah like and the guitar pick just because so she it was get like, laid. <laughs> yeah she's like well I can't I also, pleasure I women like this yeah I super want to know like at the time who was that? You know, like, because I'm I'm picturing lesbians now kind of like, you know, in the like, here's Wonderwall style. Like, I'm picturing lesbians now with their guitar being like, oh, I know, like, mm, Tegan and Sarah play like Brandi <laughs> Carlisle. I want to know, like, who was Sappho playing that she was like, oh, here's the like obvious like lesbian reference that I'm going to sit down and like play for you women. <laughs> well, I don't know. Sorry. Do you know? 
<laughs> well, I so I am one of the co-hosts of a podcast called Sweet Bitter as I've well, which it. is literally all about Sappho. So Sappho was playing herself. Like she wrote music. Incredible. And Incredible. but she wrote songs about women. So like she was like, oh, there aren't any gay songs. Like I'm going to write them myself. So everyone knows like I'm gay. Like I'm singing this gay song to you and I wrote it about you. This like amazing. Sappho was intense. Oh, really? And there's just so much evidence as well. Like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, there's fragments of poetry, but there isn't. There's a lot of evidence there that points to her being a massive lesbian, like, or <laughs> queer. Just, And, you know, there's just the, the amount of times that people are desperate for her not to be. But, it's you know, insane. Yeah, she's so gay. So gay. And loved it as well. Like, she was a, she was a very, very proud gay. And yeah. in a time when, I mean, obviously we don't know much because the evidence there, maybe, you know, there there is evidence, but I mean, it is limited, of course, but there is evidence there. But yeah, from what I've read and from what I can see, it's quite difficult to deny that, you know? Yes. But it's just ridiculous to deny that. So, yeah. But yeah, I, can, it's also yeah. like so much of history, like so much of, I, I, I'm going to keep saying the word academic because it's, it's just... A, a useful term but it, it the same the same mentality that like when you go to museum exhibits and you'll see you know the you the the constant memes or posts about like the little museum placards that have the you know oh interesting these statues were usually for married couples but this one is about two women and no one's really clear on the relationship that they had right <laughs> like friends. that kind of yeah <laughs> that kind of mentality is so Common, so much of our history does get straight washed over by heteronormativity and comp het and all of these things, right? Like, that's why you have people who still to this day look at Sappho and are like, Well, but really, do we know that she was a lesbian? And you're like, Yes, yes we do. We really yes, do. We, do. <laughs> we clearly, obviously do. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And so I think. You know, in the same way that we have to reclaim so many things as queer people, like getting to reclaim our own history, even if to a certain extent, like, yes, you're always going to be doing some amount of projection of our current terms, understandings, labels, things. Sure. Fine. But but there were history was was queer full of queer people there's so many queer people we've existed forever um you know we did as you say in the beginning like we didn't just suddenly re like re-emerge from the depths uh when ellen came out i mean we've <laughs> we've like been nothing around. we've yeah no gay activity happened from south <laughs> yeah. that. to ellen <laughs> like we've always been here always it's just you know the terminology now that we have is is useful very useful to an extent but also it, it can um it can kind of diminish the past a little bit because, you know, you have this word lesbian and you can, you, you can, people can argue, can you really call Sappho a lesbian if she didn't identify as such? And it's like, what, like, like what? Like she didn't know yeah. what, what, like an apple, maybe she didn't know the word apple. Like they right. use a different word for apple. Like that's such a, an, a ridiculous comment to make. Yeah. Because if Sappho yeah. had never seen a squirrel, did squirrels not exist? Exactly. Right. Like, didn't yeah. shit in the woods. It's just it's ridiculous. If a squirrel falls on a lesbian in the forest and no one's around to see it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Sappho's having sex with a woman, but she doesn't call it sex, is it right. sex? Well, or if she doesn't call herself a lesbian while she's doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah. These sound like lesbian riddles. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sappho's lying naked with another woman, stroking every part of her body. Is is that lesbian activity? <laughs> I mean, with with queer history, you you do need it to be as graphic and literal as possible. Okay. And even that is not enough, you know? Even that is not enough. And yeah. it's just it, it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. And it still goes on today. It still goes on today. Were there other instances in the book, I'm sure there's plenty, where it's like we have this written evidence. Like the I feel like some of the people I think about are like Eleanor Roosevelt or like some of the like really intense letters that people are like, oh no, they definitely just were friends. Like what were some of the other things in the book that you've come across that are like, this is so obvious and yet people still try to deny it? Like you said then, Eleanor Roosevelt is just, I mean, Lorena Hickok, I mean, is a lesbian. And, <laughs> and the letters between them are just so nice and lovely. And it's insane to me how they that relationship could be denied when you've read these letters. And she wore a Eleanor Roosevelt wore a ring on her finger that that Hick had given her. Hick, you know, that's her nickname, Hick. <laughs> and um okay. mm-hmm. I given her a nickname, uh, sorry, given her a ring to wear, which she wore all the time. And she wasn't really hiding it either, you know, not really. And I just think that's such an important person as well, Eleanor Roosevelt, in that, you know, first lady, really cool history as well. Like she went to, she lived in England for a little bit and Marie Sylvester was this headmistress of this school who was a lesbian. And also Natalie Barney, who's in the book, the big lesbian energy. Mm-hmm. She went to this school too. So that's queer in itself. You know, they all went to this school run by this famous lesbian. And love it. Yeah. And it's just, if you look at all that history, I mean, even I'm not necessarily saying they're even a lesbian. I'm saying, you know, that because I mean, again, if we're if we're gonna put those labels onto people, I think the word queer is probably easier and better to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like to use the word lesbian in terms of stereotypes because it's just funny. But <laughs> As as a queer uh, like a queer as a queer person, that whole setup is so queer, and it's just the fact that then she left that place and then met Lorena Hickok and then they had that relationship that was very very clear in their letters, and there's also letters that we haven't read too. There's letters that haven't been released, and obviously we know why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I feel even like if yeah. these are the letters that have been released, we can take a we can take a guess why you might keep some secret. Yeah, you know? I feel like they sure. literally were like, okay, so we'll keep this one where she like sort of talks about like the side of her lip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like oh, it might have been a, a cheek kiss, the northeast corner yeah, yeah, yeah. of <laughs> so your like, lip. It's, yeah, it's okay. Like this is fine, but like. Let's not talk about like her talking. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not to say this delicately. Lee. I'm there's no like, delicate way to say There's that. just like all these letters between Eleanor and Lorena that are like, I just like can't wait to finger bang you again. You know, what I mean? know like, that's, they don't well, that's have what's going it. on in my head. In my head, they're <laughs> really explicit. I'm like, yeah, are they they must be right. I mean, they definitely are. I mean, we've like what now you send what sex, 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 whatever. And that's not a new thing, surely, because you read all this, these passionate letters and the language is quite flowery. But that is obviously a representation of, of then. But there's got to yeah. be the, these letters that are always either hidden away or burnt. They're the mm-hmm. ones, right? That's like, I'm going to fuck you really hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
whatever, 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 right? Yeah, <laughs> surely. I know. Well, but they that's... did burn a bunch of them, right? Like, yeah, why are you setting these things burned. on fire? The loss. Like, things always they, get the burned. It's too gay. They have to set it on fire. But that's why it's so funny to me. It's like you look at these letters and sure, they're flowery. And you're right. Everything at the time, people were flowery in their writing, right? You had a lot of like when you look at these types of letters between straight couples, people would be like, oh, my God, this for that time, this was full of passion. And look at. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, look, they're just they're said the word mouth, like just talking about someone's mouth is like, (gasps) Pearl clutching. And then they look at this and they're like, wow, these two women were such close friends. <laughs> With Virginia Woolf and Vita Sackville West, I mean, that relationship, people have started now, thankfully, to realize it was true. But there's a there's a letter there from Vita Sackville West, who is an icon. And she's like, I've just been doing something. Can you guess what it is? I was thinking of you. And it's like, you're obviously masturbating to Virginia Woolf. <laughs> no, I think she was baking a pie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was cool. Clearly, they were they were big bakers, um, very into, you know. They loved it, yeah. Know, Incredible. Uh, f- fruit, warm fruit. But why does no one ever what? talk about that? They're just like, they were lovers. They, like, that word <laughs> lovers is just, ugh. Yeah, they were lovers. Yeah. But yeah, they were like. They were together. They were partners. They were in a relationship. And she was masturbating, thinking about it, and wrote about it to tell her. And you Love know what's it. really sad to me is then when they do burn all the letters that, like, really get explicit, I want to know, like, what did they call finger banging then? You know? Yeah, like, like, what well, were they? Well, we never know. Or you do know. Oh, well, you know. Ann Lister. I saw a light. I know. I was like. <laughs> oh, Ann Lister. Ann Lister would be the one to write it. Yeah. What did yeah, they call code. it? Well, she called, she called an orgasm a kiss. Mm. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they do that in the sh- in the show, right? Like in *Gentleman I had Jack*. Had a great she... kiss last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just a few. I mean, one or two. Finger you know. banging is not really a term that I use personally either. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys. It's, it's come I mean, up a lot. it's not. It's, I feel like yeah. it's a term that we use as like a do joke, we? but they must have had them, oh, yeah. right? Like they must have had things that they would just be like, yeah, like- you're like. But then banging up against the it, wall, you're doing whatever. Like I don't know. Thinking about it now, though, do you like? I don't think I've ever said I'm gonna finger you. Like, I don't think I've ever done that. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't say that in real life. No, yeah, yeah. no. So I don't think. But they like, but did talking, either. but talking amongst uh, amongst queer people. Like I feel like there are terms that, like, if you say finger banging, there's no lesbian who's gonna be like, what? And I'm like, right? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think explain yeah. a well. diagram please like no I mean like people will get it I just want to know like yeah uh, did they say like oh we're going down on each other like what did they what did they say you know like I think fucking was used a lot mm. like it is now um a historical classic I mean you can't go yeah, wrong you can't and it's it's just you know we all know what that what that means in in all identities mm. and all times I don't know though. I mean, yeah, analysts use kiss for orgasm. Maybe she was a bit too upper class to refer to it as finger banging. Maybe she I'm sure she said, you know, I'm thinking she might yeah, have noted she noted prim and proper woman Ann Lister. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't got time for that. But I think she I think she used something like a I think she might have used something about her hands. She would suggest using her hands, and she does talk about using her tongue. I mean, Ann Lister is one of those that I don't know, maybe like after Gentleman Jack, it's much more like, okay, everyone agrees. But even in the time, Ann Lister was like, okay, we know this is a lesbian. <laughs> like that one wasn't really, like no one was really like trying to pretend Ann Lister was not gay. I, well, Correct? I don't know. I think I think in that time, uh, the idea of someone being a lesbian or just being in a relationship with another woman was, wouldn't come into their subconscious. So it was just something that would, they wouldn't even think of. 
And you know, yeah. you can something in that in the show, you do see them like trying to put the dots together, and then it's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. So even a lot of men at that time and women just they they had no idea that that was even a possibility. I don't I don't know why, but when you say that, maybe it's just because like the the age my kids are, they do a lot of like dot to dot puzzles, like dot to dot books. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm just picturing you know these like these kind of like. Uh, confused people of the time, like Victorians sitting there trying to be like, um, just drawing these little dots. And it's basically just the word lesbian written in like closely, (laughs) closely spaced dots. And they're trying to be like, where does my line go over here? (laughs) That's exactly what it was like. I really think. They're like, what does it mean? (laughs) Well, that's why that's how she was able to kind of get away with it, so to speak, for so long, because that's what that's what people were like then they were just but even now you know people are like that now I mean I was I didn't come out to my dad till I was about 31 and I brought my ex-girlfriend with me to the states we were together at the time (laughs) as friends and like just my whole life of obviously being a lesbian and he's just oblivious completely oblivious you know and when people just that doesn't come into their consciousness they just it it's just like they just can't see it and that's now, yeah. you know, that's now. So back yes. then, you know, crazy. They were not seeing it. And Lister was great, though. She, the, when we talk about, like, how you let other people know you're gay or queer or a lesbian, she would go up to women and, and just be like, hey, do you like Byron? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got, like, saucy literature. She'd be like, hey, have you heard of Byron? What do you think of Byron? And she'd wait for their the- reaction. The at the time, like, do you listen to Girl in Red? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I love it. But like, we all we've all done that, haven't we? Like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to go see Tegan and Sarah next week, and you're waiting for uh-huh. a reaction. Like, do yep. they know who those people are? Oh yep. my god, did you listen to Haley Kiyoko's new album, uh, mm-hmm. Rainbows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or ask about yeah any TV shows. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, did you yeah. watch? Did you watch First Kill? Yeah. Like <laughs> oh. Killing Eve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, like, who do you relate to the most in that show? You know, like, what's which characters do you like? Are you a queer? Yeah. And Lister's breaking out her guitar, playing some Sappho. You know, sure. Yeah. 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 So it's just we, we might not have had those words, you know, to describe ourselves, but we, we were still doing the same things that we do now. We just have terms for it, but we were still doing the same tricks and the same things to yeah. figure out who was gay, who was not if someone was interested, if someone wanted to sleep with you, still was we were still doing those things. So we have, of course, always existed. I also find it fascinating. There's a bunch of things in the book talking about like queer spaces. And like I find I found that really cool because I love a gay bar. Like give me a gay bar any day of the week. Like I don't go to straight bars. And like I feel like it's like the Daughters of Belitis is amazing to me, first of all, because I feel like we all, like Lee, we're always, do you know what the Daughters of Belitis is, Lee? I do not, but I'm dying for you to tell me. So like, well, maybe you can tell, maybe you can tell it better, Kirsty, but like, I feel like, like the card carrying lesbian came from it, right? Like they literally had cards that said Daughters of Belitis. So you could Why be like- Why do we not have cards anymore? So you could be like, <laughs> I'm a daughter of Belitis. Like, are you? Like, you know, like, this is like a Why did we membership. lose this part of our history? I want a card. I know, I'd like a card. Bring cards back. But they they also had a manifesto as well mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> <laughs> about what they wanted to achieve with this group. And then it was amazing and very innovative for the time. There were some downsides to it, of course, as is everything in history. But they, it was just a group of lesbians that 
well, no, it, well, it started by two, a couple that were friends with gay men. And the gay men were like, you need to find some lesbian friends and we're going to introduce you to some lesbian friends. And then they did. And then they met more and then more and more as that tends to happen. All couples. And then they were like, right, we need to create this group. So they created this group and they had a manifesto. And then this magazine, The Ladder, came from it, um, which is an, uh, one of the, I think one of the first lesbian magazines in the US, I think, one of. And then that spiraled into loads of different things. Like I mentioned in the book, there's a, a writer, Lorraine Hansbury, really, really amazing writer. And she stumbled upon this magazine. She was married to a man and she stumbled upon it and she just wrote to them just to tell them, she said, I'm glad as heck that you exist. And that was the original title for the book, but I changed it. And, <laughs> and um, just, just the fact that she felt the need to write to them to just say, I'm so happy you exist. I think that is so powerful. And I think we've something that all, every single queer kid has felt in their life, that someone else exists that is like them. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and in a time with no internet, you know, you don't have that easy accessibility to other people. You know, you, you find this magazine, you're like, oh my God, there's people here that are like me. I just think that's great. The originals, the original lesbians. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were some of the things in the manifesto? Oh, it was like, the thing, the worst thing about it was, it was, it was kind of encouraging people to assimilate to heteronormativity in that we want equal rights that they have rather than let's be ourselves and let's kind of showcase our own identity and, and, and navigate that in society. It was more of let's assimilate to that really, which, which caused friction in the community and, you know, within feminism and things like that. So that, that was really what was in that manifesto, but with queer spaces, like you said, I love that too. I love it so much. I always think if I could go back in time, I'd just totally go to one of those underground gay bars where all the women are wearing tuxedos and just uh, being really cool and like with long cigars and being like, hey, you want to come out with me? Like, can we it. stage like a pop-up somewhere of that? Oh, like that's so what much. I that's what I want to do, right? Like can you imagine everyone gets their like 1920s like tux hairdo, like I just love incredible. a tux. Like a tux is just, I... it's like my favorite thing in the world. And it's just, I think it's hilarious that I would go back to a time where like it's illegal and you would have to go and drink underground. I'm just, I always think like if I went to one of those bars and told them, they'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you can go to, you can go to a <laughs> yeah, bar. Like, you have it great. Yeah. Like, please, like, yeah. you can go to Why a bar, are you you're here? fine. But they, they just seem <laughs> but a bit more refined, you know, than, than yeah. the bars we have today. I don't know. Well, and I think there's there's always been something about like, I mean, yes, I understand. Like, obviously, there were a lot of downsides <laughs> to being a historical gay. Sure. I'm not going to argue against that. But like there is even today. Right. Like even with the much lower amount of stigma and, and persecution, not like non-existence. And uh, again, like globally, depending on where you are, can be very different. But I think for many of us, um, you know, like we're not existing in the same world that a lot of these people were living in. Um, but there is always something that's like fun about having that, like we are part of this secret taboo underground mm -hmm. community 100%. that like you don't get to be a part of you're not one of us we're we're one of us here we are here's our little space we made it it's for us you know and I like, don't know if you get that now cool. though I, I feel that now a lot of the time that I'm part yeah. of this community that's just amazing and it's just full of really exactly. cool people that are just you know and I think I mentioned in the book that lesbians specifically are really funny 
and we are funny people. And I don't think that gets talked about a lot because it's just, we usually just see the dark and the depressing side of being a lesbian yes. or a queer it's woman. It's just, here's a historical lesbian. Here she is dying sadly, yeah. uh, <laughs> destitute and alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we're like so, fun. we're really, really funny. And the, the absurd things that, and I know a lot of my friends and me myself, you know, when you just, when you, you know, you first fall in love with someone and you just, you do a lot of ridiculous things. And I just, the story in the book of Vita Sackville West and she runs off to France with her lover and her husband at the time is like dealing with the Treaty of Versailles, which is a really serious thing in Europe. And he's had to charter a plane <laughs> across the channel just to go and get her because she just won't come home. And I just like, I just love these stories. I just think they're great. And it's just, you know, it's extreme, but that is something I can kind of relate to a little bit is that you do go a bit mental, don't you? And it's, you're, you've fallen in love for the first time and it's two women. It's so intense. It's so intense. Yeah, yeah there's definitely something about the like lesbian yeah. love stories that are the emotions. far more intense. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, oh, the longing. the longing the longing is yes. out of brain. control yeah. it is absolutely the kind of longing that makes you flee the country and then be like fuck you when someone mm -hmm. <laughs> yep when they're trying to get you back i love too, like some of the more like um like harlem renaissance stuff oh. you were writing about were like um who is it bessie bessie smith is like i can have any or ma rainey and was like i can have everyone who was it well ma rainey was the one that just like had orgies all the time Yes, the chorus girl, <laughs> the chorus girl orgy. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Incredible. And then you've got Gladys Bentley just walking around in a tux, just looking incredible and just owning it, like completely owning it. The Harlem Renaissance was amazing. Something that is just not spoken about enough. And obviously, you know, of course, black culture, queer black culture, that's not going to be the top of every historian's read, yeah. is it? Which is unfortunate. But once I delved into that, oh, there was just so much, so, so much. Ma Rainey, Gladys Bentley. It was just amazing, all these queer characters just running around in tuxes, just being really cool. And queer men, too. There's, there's just a lot, of, a lot of things going on in that time. Drag was becoming popular. Yeah, I think that's why a lot of people, like, watching the League of Their Own um, oh, yeah. series like just because there were I've seen so many um, things where people are like it's not just getting to see like queer people of that time period that like we don't get to see very often we don't get to see these stories and we know they were there and we know this was happening but that especially in the show I think the amount that they focused on like the queer black culture of the time that was so important and so relevant and like and that almost never gets covered. Never. Right. And it's it show they did that so well. And yeah. Because I love the original movie and love it so much. And you know, that was so gay, that film. But it, right. it wasn't. <laughs> yes. It yes. was. But I loved the, the new series. I think I think every queer person yeah. did. You know, the excuse wasn't it for the first one. Because in the first one, there you, there's a black character, isn't there? And they're like, you can't play. And that's literally the end of that story. Right. And there's just no excuses because the, it's it's like they're saying you can't play. So this person just went back home and then never did anything interesting. Right. And it's like, that's just such a stupid, these excuses do my head in. They do my head in the most in that it's, it's, it's just an excuse for you because you don't want to make the effort into sharing these stories. And, and it's also, it's the... <laughs> what you're describing so we we've talked a lot about the uh, sorry this is like such a long aside to make this comment but I'm gonna do it anyways because <laughs> it whatever it. when we have talked in the past about I don't know how familiar you are with the prom the musical no. right 
so the prom is a musical and it's it's always kind of trotted out as like it's the it's the lesbian musical because it the story is about a girl who wants to bring her girlfriend to the prom and and can't basically right like the school's like no the parents are all like no we're gonna throw our own prom where you can't come silly lesbians and so what's funny is someone wrote this whole musical where they're like wow isn't it so funny that you have like the the way the the musical is structured is it's about these four people who are like two of them are are like broadway actors who are kind of you know like falling out of the the spotlight and whatever and so they decide they're gonna like revive their careers by going out to this little small town and saving this lesbian with her prom and they don't have any sort of self-awareness that they're like making the whole thing about them, right? That's who these characters are. And then someone wrote a musical that focuses on those characters instead of the lesbians. And we're like, how? <laughs> how do you not have the self-awareness to like see what you did here, how you did the same thing in your story? And when you talk about people writing like the first, like the movie, A League of Their Own, and you're and they're like, wow, isn't it so terrible that like they wouldn't let these black women <laughs> play baseball and like they didn't care about their stories so like anyways bye <laughs> you're like how do yeah. you not I, uh, do you, I don't know did you not see what did you miss it but also, you did this you yes. did the thing that was the thing you did the thing yourself you just like, did it and that was that but then <laughs> and that was that exactly but with, with queer character you know it's baseball there's got to be yeah. one lesbian in that team if not just you know just what maybe someone bisexual it's baseball yep. right like, I don't know. We don't have baseball in the UK, but I, I from looking at it, I get the impression that there are a lot of lesbians that play baseball. Yes. Plus, well, important question, now that Madonna just came out, when's a, a, lot, a League of Their Own Madonna season two, Madonna cameo, when? Yeah. Yeah, she came out on TikTok. Mad- <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I also, that's, that's all. I feel like also, like, has she not been no, out? Like, do like, we not what? acknowledge that Madonna's already Came out as queer? what? Queer? Yeah. But then, like, we knew that, right? Yes. Yeah, like it's but, not but really now the straights are freaking no, out it about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We saw that. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm out of touch. I need to get back with it. It's okay. Okay, sorry. Bring us back, Ellie. Bring us back. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going with this? I want to talk a little bit. This is like closer to our current times, mm. which I feel like makes it, I don't know, interesting to dive into. But there's a bunch of stuff about feminism, right? Like I feel like, okay, we talk about men straight men erasing queer people but then there's also like this whole feminism wave that also is trying to erase lesbians right yeah. like even betty friedan yeah like wrote about lesbians as the, the lavender, lavender menace, menace yeah. yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about that just like what are your thoughts on that and stuff you figured out from the book. Just firstly, though, when she did say the Lavender Menace, another example of lesbians just being really funny is that they got it printed on a T-shirt and just started wearing it. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> we, yeah. We should bring that back. That we should get right. more Lavender yeah. Menace shirts, I Let's think. get some Lavender yeah, Menace no, shirts, yeah. But feminism in itself is very problematic at times. You know, I'm a huge feminist. And um, I, I really try to to check my privilege and, and, and really try and under, understand it. But as the waves go on, you know, Exclusion was a huge thing because first wave feminism was all white upper class women, you know, people that could support themselves or had supportive husbands, um, all white, completely white. And then as it moved on and moved on, you know, it would be a bit more inclusive, but it was as long as they were getting sorted first, then they would move on to the people of color. 
in in terms of that separation, it, that's how it all it, it separated a lot because people of color were just being completely ignored, and then so were queer women, and a lot of lesbians were were annoyed about that. But then there was also a lot of separation within the lesbian community because you had a lot of political lesbians that were a lesbian. They chose to be a lesbian. Mm. even though they would probably identify as straight, but they chose that path because they felt it was a rebellious act and it was good for the cause. And, you know, a lot, and then a lot of lesbians had a problem with that. And there was just a lot of conflict. And, you know, I, I feel like you, you see that a lot today, actually, in, in the community. There is a lot of conflict because there's a lot of terminology and vocabulary that is being invented or just being used every day. And it, it takes a while for people to catch up and, and use it and feel comfortable using it. And there's that fear of using it wrong. So there's always a lot of conflict within these communities when really we should be fighting the oppressor, unfortunately. Yep. And, and that's what the oppressor usually does is creates conflict. But yeah, these feminists weren't great at the time. They were not very inclusive. And as time has gone on, it's become better. But yeah, Betty Freeman, I don't know, I don't know if you watched that show with Kate Blanchett. Um, I can't remember what it's called, Miss America or something. I have not, but it I just totally forgot. Ellie's like turning Kate. it on right now. <laughs> no, but I know it. Like I know watch it, it for Kate Blanchett, but yeah, yeah, but for just like lesbians, it's not great. I mean, it's it's there, but it's subplot, and also black mm. lesbians subplot. The one thing that I find the most fascinating is the political lesbianism of just the fact that like someone's like, you know what, like I want to like say fuck the man so much that I will not fuck men. Like, literally, I will not even have sex with you. I only choose to communicate with women, sleep with women, like, do everything with women. Like, I will not even give you any sort of satisfaction, even though, like, I identify as a straight woman and, like, would want to have sex with a man. But, like, because of feminism, no. I love it. I won't do it. Like, it's, I think it's sort of badass. It is. Like, I understand that people are, like, you know, but you're a straight woman choosing to be a lesbian and that like muddies it's a bit of the appropriation. We're, we're trying to go for here of like, this is sort of something that we're born with and it's not really it's not a choice. A choice. What? And then they're like, oh, but we can choose to be gay. But I'm like, I, li- I like it if you're choosing to be gay instead of choosing to be straight. You know what I mean? Like then then I get problematic. But that's that's my thought. It is badass. But then I, I, then, <laughs> but then I just think like when they're having sex with women, like the whole time and they're just like, ooh. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, like, what I does have the other do person do for feminism? The other person's like, a f- like properly <laughs> identifies as a lesbian. She's like, yeah, let's do this. The other one's just like, oh, I'm just really not into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, yeah. It definitely it has some some interesting some interesting things to dive into. Also, like if you maybe this is just because I'm a lesbian, but like I feel like I'm like if you choose to be a lesbian, and you start sleeping with women, like. Probably you were gay to begin with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's be real. Well, yeah. Yeah, like, there's... Oh, I'm doing it for feminism. <laughs> yeah. It's just I'm not. I'm not enjoying <laughs> yeah. this at all. This is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to do it some more, though. But just, just yeah, because that's, feminism... That's what I think is more likely, is that they were really enjoying it. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, no, no. I don't know, though. I think that is just... A lesbian way of thinking because I don't know about you guys but I just tend to think everyone's <laughs> well, yeah, a lesbian obviously. So I just think yes. I'm like you're a lesbian you're a lesbian you're a lesbian God listen can I tell yeah. you the, yeah, yeah. we were literally my wife and I were just talking about this because um, now that we have kids we find ourselves in a lot of like not it's not just that like heteronormative because the world is heteronormative but you're in a lot of specifically like 
heteronormative family spaces. And I'm not going to lie, every time. Like, it doesn't matter. You go to, like, the local pool. You go to the park. You go where, like, a birthday party. Wherever you are, sometimes we just look around us and we're just like, really? All of you women wanted these men? All of you? Like, ha- no. it just, it's like, my, I cannot, my mind cannot make sense of it. Like, <laughs> and they're, like, I, I, they're great guys. Like, I, I like a lot of these men. They're good people. But I'm just like the idea that this many women are like, I don't know why it it strikes me differently for some reason than it has my entire life being surrounded by straight women. But I'm just like fascinating. <laughs> How? I've got a little boy and um, he's 16 months. And yeah, I've noticed that a lot is that it's just so straight, so it's heteronormative so wherever heteronormative. you go. It's a lot. Yeah. Well, and because there's it's something about having kids kind of... that, like, especially in straight couples, like, suddenly really reinforces all of these heteronormative patriarchal. Oh my god, it's it's weird. It's weird. It's so weird. Even the process, the IVF process, was hilarious. I'm gonna. I need to write a book on it. <laughs> oh my god, please do. It was so traumatic. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm. That's what I'm thinking is my next book, but. You know, you can either laugh or cry, but the comments that you get, it's like some some people were like, Oh, was was your was your baby planned? Or I'm like, What? Like, <laughs> yeah, I just got, yeah, I just surprise. got my wife pregnant. Like, yeah. I, surprise. I, like, I, I had my favorite response <laughs> when I when I like announced at my office that I was pregnant was one of my coworkers who was like, Was this a surprise? And I was like, What? what do you think like <laughs> I, I literally answered, I was just like, I just tripped and fell. Uh, awkwardly what like onto I don't what had what do you think I'm gonna say here like I I slipped and landed on a dick I don't like what (laughs) (laughs) what do you think happened exactly like how would this be an accident (laughs) I mean we had this we had this one male doctor that was checking his ears and he was like oh who will be the male role model that was like the first thing he said to us I was like do you want is it do you want that job are you applying yeah Yeah. do you want that job and then he, my son, he was taken into intensive care straight away, um, which was quite yeah. upsetting. So I ran up with him. My wife had a C-section, so she was still in recovery. And I ran up and the the woman went, oh, sorry, who are you? And I was like, I was mom. And she went, you don't look like you've just oh given birth. Oh my God. Like, oh. This is not the time yeah. oh to God. say shit to me like that. Yeah. But then you look back at it, you know, it, it makes me laugh. It's just funny. It's just, it, I mean, I live in Brighton, which is a very, very liberal part of the UK and there's a lot of queer couples which is nice so it's not as heteronormative yeah. as you would you, maybe in other places in the UK but yeah it, things do need to kind of catch up but don't please they? please yeah. write that book um because I yeah it's I like because to. it is something else that I know like just to to like tie us back to historical historical yeah, games. Sorry. um no it's fine we're we're th- our job is to like slowly keep us on some sort of path so so I remember when we were watching the last season of Dickinson right and I mean granted I know that this is all like a very invented projected uh story onto actual historical people but I just remember like there's that scene where she is with Sue and they're having this conversation about like wishing they could just be a family together you know and so I think that it is the thing like when you look back I mean as we're talking about yeah like these people did not get to have the lives that we have now like they could never have the same way that like you know oh we're talking about like victorians who could not like fill in the blanks to to see lesbian um right in front of them it's like i feel like there are so many queer people who like could not even have dreamed of the world 
Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. That we have right now, you know, like they could never have envisioned a world where it's just like, oh, yeah, here we are. We get to have our little house and have our kids and have our little family and live our lives like this, you know. Yeah. And I, I think it's why, like, it's not just important to know about our history but it's important to to have that that knowledge and to know what that means in terms of like the way that we do get to have our lives now you know because it's like in some way like we do like I feel like we owe so much (laughs) to so many of these people who got us here right like there's so much that went into getting us here and so it's like you know you just I I feel like sometimes now especially like you know when I sit and look at like my little family and I'm just like it's like I I think it's why that scene like stuck with me so much because it's gutting like it just it's so hard to like look at that so many people who were like you know sure you look at your Sappho's and your your Ann Listers and like these people who were just like this is me and this is who I am and I love it and I'm proud of it and like still could not have envisioned a world different than than the one that they had accessible to them at the time you know and it's just like it's there's the humor around it and then there's also like that much more sad reality I think really sad really 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 sad and with Anne Lister though I mean with Gentleman Jack the the series when I watched it it it's when when they uh, when they got married you know they got married I thought that was really really nice in that you know, she, she, cause she was desperate, desperate to just have that life of just have a wife. She wanted kids, but obviously, you know, she couldn't. And I think for her, cause I've read a lot about Anne as well. I've been to that church too. It's just for her, that marriage, that ceremony that they had together just meant so much to her. 
And I'm just like, there's a little bit of joy in those really awful moments. But then she got to have that little moment of, sure, it's it's you're you know you're it's heteronormative. You're adhering to that, but that's really what she wants. She really really wanted that 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 yeah. wife, and she got that. So there there are these nice parts, but yeah, it's really really sad, really horrible. Like you can't. There's no way they would have envisioned. I always think that you know, with how how me and my wife had our son, we we, we had IVF, and she used an embryo from me. So it's like we both kind of made him together. Mm-hmm. And that is just unthinkable. Even when I was a kid, if someone had said that yeah. to me, I, I was already thinking, I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to, you know, it was illegal. Marriage was illegal in both the US, in the States and in England when I was a kid. So yeah, I didn't even picture getting married. So yeah, it is it is amazing to think of, of all what's come before yeah. us. As we were talking about some of those TV shows and movies, what are some other um like one of the other ones that I notice is like the favorite you wrote a bit about like Queen Anne. What are some of the other TV shows and movies that like, as you're doing your research, you're like, wow, like this is accurate. And what are some other ones that you want them to make that they haven't made yet? Well, Gentleman Jack was accurate enough. I really liked how they portrayed Anne Lister as well. You know, like how she just, how she walks, the way she walks, she's always like this. Um, I thought, you know, it was funny. With something that I would love is the Brontes. I want something about the Brontes that is true because there's a new film out at the moment about Emily Bronte, and there's there's like there's there's a romance in it, and there's no evidence with with a man, and there's no evidence that she had any romance mm. with anyone, and those things really irritate me because because there's no evidence that she had any romantic relationships with anybody, but then by default she's straight, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like wh- wh- why is that the default? Yeah. Why? Why couldn't she? Maybe she was bisexual. Maybe she was trans. Maybe she was queer. Maybe she was lesbian. We don't know. So why just make that assumption that? Well, also, why invent a yeah. relationship with someone in the first place? Yeah. That's annoying. And then, but why assume that she was straight when there's no evidence that points towards that? There's actually more evidence that points towards that she may have been asexual. There's more evidence. There. Well, that's that's what I was just gonna say too. Is like I feel like especially with a lot of these people where there's there's zero evidence that you're like, you know, ace era people have also existed forever. And the idea that we just have to constantly create romances to understand historical figures is kind of silly. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's kind of unnecessary. So, and then the fact that when we're going to do that, of course, they'll always be straight. Yeah. And Emily Bronte like it, it's like they're giving her this romance to give her some sort of agency and it's like this is the woman that wrote Wuthering Heights like I don't <laughs> think she needs a romance to to kind of give her this role in the world when she's a genius yeah. mm-hmm. it's, just, it's bizarre and ridiculous do you think there's a lot of queer writers because writers are queer or because the way that we find out about people in history is like through literature because I feel like most of the people that we hear about are like poets, writers, like why do you think that is? They are all queer, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. That's how this book started actually. It was it was mostly on writers. I don't know. Maybe they have that freedom of expression, so they tend to put it down on paper. But then artists and people that are creative in general tend to be queer. Don't really know why that is. I mean maybe it is because they feel that they are able to express themselves in their in their art, maybe rather than elsewhere but I don't know um there's there's probably something to that yeah I just find it fascinating like when I think about I do think you're right I mean as a I'm a performer musician I'm like super gay 
Exactly. And it's like, I do feel like there's like a thing about creative spaces. I feel like maybe it is just the fact that like you can step into like other worlds, like as an actor, like you step into other people's perspectives, right? And then you're like, oh, this perspective actually like feels right for me rather than like someone who maybe has like never explored anything besides what they're put into. Yeah. It's a nice way of getting that out, isn't it? Um, I know that's why a lot of people write in general is because they just want to they want to live through another person. I think with Radcliffe Hall, when she, when they wrote um, the Well of Loneliness, the character was very clearly based on something that that person may have identified as, and it's it's a nice way of getting that out there and living that truth or that identity through your art because you can't in the real world. Yeah. Which is, which is, again, really sad. Let's go on to something not as sad. And I just, <laughs> okay. I had this earlier in our outline and I just forgot to ask. But I feel like, you know, it's a great way to end. <laughs> There's an entire section about like the history of dildos and strap-ons. Like, let's talk about that. This episode's sponsored by Wet For Her. Let's talk about it. <laughs> uh, what is Wet For Her? Is that yeah, it's in, like, in a, it's like, a it's like an online sex, shop. Shop. Yeah. sex toy shop. Yeah, yeah. Wet For Her? Yeah. Is it specifically for queer women? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's an online sex it. toy company for queer women. <laughs> just Googling that. <laughs> Quick, what's our, what's our code, Ellie? What's our code? <laughs> I mean, well, I too, like, yeah, um, I forget what it is, but I'll... I'll figure it out. But wait, are you being serious? It is actually sponsored. By we do like, have we have like a discount. I'm like sort of code. joking, but we do have a discount code for them. Hand me the code. But oh, like have have you ever been to Provincetown? <laughs> have you? I really thought you were going to say like, have you ever used a strap on? <laughs> I was like, everyone, what? What is that appropriate? I don't know if that's appropriate, but Provincetown. I don't know. So what it's like it? this suit. It's like the it's the gayest place in the United States. Like it has the most gay people per capita. It's on. Cape Cod in Massachusetts but there is a sex shop there where when you walk in the front section of that sex shop is like a historic like it's like a museum and they have all of these like old dildos and strap-ons and like old sex toys and like you get to look at them and like see all the stuff so I think it's so cool and then you go into the sex shop and like buy a new one but like I find it so fascinating that it's like, okay, all this stuff existed. Like, what do you think people were using them for, straights? I know. And they're really <laughs> scary, though, the old ones, aren't they? Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Made of wood. Yeah, like, I don't know if I'd want to use them, but, like, it's interesting to look splinter. at them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Tipping the Velvet, but that was a BBC drama a real while ago. It was, it really um, pushed a few buttons, <laughs> no pun intended, but... It, it it was BBC, you know, so everyone was like, oh. but there's a scene in that where she takes out a massive wooden dildo and just rides the the um, young girl. It's amazing. <laughs> Incredible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm quite fascinated with strap-ons and dildos in any way. Again, because, you know, women, straight or queer, we, we don't have sex, do we? So we don't like to have pleasure or we don't like to make sex even better. We don't do that, mm-hmm. do we? As history says. We just lay there and be quiet, but it's not true. So you you know you say that there's loads of there's like tons of these ancient wooden or leather. You know a lot of people had leather dildos, um, but then also you know there was a lot of people in the past who probably would have identified as trans and they would use this just to feel some sort of connection to because like we said they probably have no idea that this would be a possibility for them, but they would wear these leather strap-ons to have some sort of connection to what they 
wanted to be or perceive to be, which is, is in itself is also amazing. I'd love to see all these things. Super cool. All right. Anything else, Lee, before we go into our cute and gay? I love ending on a <laughs> You want to end on dildos, Ellie. Ons. I'm not going to take that yeah. away from you. Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Well, actually, I'll ask you one more question before we go to our cute and gay, which is um, just like, are there any like anyone in this book that you're that you're like, we don't talk about them enough and you're like, you need to know about this person? All of them. But Natalie Barney, I love. She's just such a lesbian. <laughs> I just like I just love lesbians so much. I really do. I love queer women. I love lesbians. I just love it all. I love all the history. And, and I just love the ridiculousness nature of a lot of these people. But Natalie Barney she had like a temple outside of her house where she just boned women. I just loved it. <laughs> she's like, like the she's like player upon player, right? Like she <laughs> literally player. just like sleeps with everyone. Yeah. No one talks about her, but then a lot of people don't get spoken about because maybe they also there were issues with them. She she ended up going to Italy and like ratting out a lot of Jewish people, and uh, there's a lot of confusion over whether she did it to be safe or she did it. There's, there's not much information about it. So I think people are a little bit afraid to talk to, talk to her, about, talk about her. But then lesbians are not perfect, you know. There are some mean lesbians out there. There are bad lesbians. There, there's a book, I don't know if you've read it, Bad Gays. <laughs> you know, there, there are bad people, like there are bad straight people. It doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about them. We should highlight the bad things they did. But yeah, she sat with a lot of women. She loved it. She moved to Paris just so she could do it. I just always envision her in like, this big fur coat, just being like, hey, <laughs> she was American. That's my American. <laughs> That's a good accent, yeah. yeah. It's exactly what uh, we saw. So her, like. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, her for sure. Radcliffe Hall. Sorry. I just Sorry. I want to put your American accent um up uh, in a competition against Ellie's British accent. <laughs> my British accent. Oh, Sorry, oh, who did it, this? It, who said it, that? What? No. Well, what were you saying? I love Natalie Barney. She's the best. She just moved to Paris just to fuck everyone. That's my British accent. Why? Why an American, right. American does a British accent? They just turn into yes. Keira Knightley? Yes. Like, that's that's, that's, it. It. that's, that's it. it. That's it. It's like, hello. Yeah. I want to have sex with you. Yeah. Or like, have you seen Imagine Me and You? Yes. That, that's is, my, that is my British it is, accent. It's very it is Imagine on, Me and You. Yeah. Is based on Piper like, Perbo's British accent. Yes. And Imagine Me and good. You. Her accent was pretty good. Yeah. Though, wasn't it? <laughs> She, she she loves the lesbian. I can though. do oh, yeah. this. That's what it is. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad. But I'm from <laughs> Manchester, though. I'm from like we don't we don't have a good catalog. That's the problem. Americans don't have a, a good. I mean, unless you're like someone who does, you know, like uh, acting or something for your job. We don't have a good catalog of like the different <laughs> regional. Every every oh, right. every U.S. Anyway. person we has like one. Here's my one British accent, and it's that's what you're getting. It's, it's always yeah. It's always Pirates of the Caribbean. That's it. <laughs> I think a Brit would, with an American, we just do like California. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that California? That was probably. Like, I think that coffee. was Southern. <laughs> New York. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's about, good. Uh, that is exactly how people in New York talk, though. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have found a lot of people in New York have the most dramatic accents, but to be fair, my family's from Boston, so they also have very dramatic. <laughs> oh, yeah, very. Did they say cat. Yes, they do. I love that accent. It's hot. That's that's a really nice accent. That's so funny. I find it to be. I don't know. Tell I your think... mom. Tell your mom she's got a hot accent, Ellie. Yeah. Is it not considered an attractive no. accent? No, I think it is. A Boston accent is like, ooh, like you could like just turn me over <laughs> on the table like that. That is an accent. Yeah. Well, I think also because like the Boston accent. Well, this is going in a weird direction, but it's fine. I would argue that the Boston accent is really the original American accent. 
because Whoa. the settlers from so it, like it's the, <laughs> it's the is closest, that what they is that what they sounded like back then? It's Ellie? the closest to Brit. It's the closest to British. So I wouldn't be surprised if British people were like, oh, because British oh, the British like, came over. Ooh. The Boston accent is like what the British accent turned into in America. Yeah, that's a very British thing as well. Right? Like to just love yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I heard that the settlers <laughs> went over, and I love that you say the, the settlers. settlers. And they went over um, and like stole the land off everybody. Yes, but yes. They they had like a really high pitched voice. Apparently, this is what I read. And then it deepened over time. And then that's why Americans have a, like a deep. But then Americans don't really have a deep accent, do they? Maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. I think what it's deeper than a British about. accent. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Fascinating. Fascinating. All right. Let's go into our q and I'm ready for this. Q, 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 and, gay. Question number one. Who's your favorite lesbian poet? A, Sappho, B, Audre Lorde, C, Emily Dickinson, or D, Mary Oliver? That's so difficult. Why would you do I that? These are, these are all going to be an attack. Audre Lorde. <laughs> I know. I want to say Audre Lorde because no one really talks about her. Um, but I have to say Sappho because she's the OG, isn't she? OG. Mm-hmm. OG. OG lesbian. There's no wrong answers in the Q&A. It's okay. Okay, question no. two. The, I'm sorry, these are all going to be terrible. Who are your favorite letter lovers out of A, Eleanor Roosevelt, <laughs> B, Anne Lister, C, Queen Anne, or D, Charlotte Bronte? Charlotte Bronte, because I love her. Um, she's super gay. And I'm reading a biography about her at the moment with Ellen Nussie, who she wrote about. And this, those letters are just so gay. And like they're always like stopping each other from getting married. Incredible. That's all they do is just stop each other from getting married because they want to marry each other. So Charlotte Bronte. Amazing. Hands down. Question number three. What's your favorite lesbian historical TV show or movie? A, The Favorite, B, Gentleman Jack, C, Dickinson, or D, Vita and Virginia? Oh, I didn't like Vita and Virginia. It was such a letdown. I didn't like it either. I know I watched no. it once and I was like, I'll never watch this again. I was desperate for that film yeah. as well. I'd say I do like Gentleman Jack. It's a bit cheesy but it actually like, I'm very I've like got a black heart I don't cry um I'm very unemotional and it nearly made me cry so for that fact it has to be gentleman Jack. which part the the getting married in the church just when they yeah. got married I was it's like, a lot it's emotional it's just, it's so emotional it made me go up there I went on a lesbian pil- a pilgrimage is what I called it so I went all the way up to Yorkshire and just went to all of those nice. places <laughs> I love it okay question four are you a card-carrying member of the Daughters of Belitis? A, yes, B, no, or C, do you have a card? Oh, C, <laughs> do you have a card? I want to know okay, who I'm fine. dealing with. Yeah. Fine, fine, fair. I won't tell you yet unless, unless I know if you have a card or not. Yeah, unless, unless you tell me. Yeah. All right. Question number five. Which historical term for lesbians is your favorite? A, sapphic, B, tribaid, or C, sewing circle? Or D, Lavender Menace. Or E, (laughs) or uh, Rug Muncher. (laughs) I do like Sapphic. I do like that. It's coming back in, have you heard like it's coming back in fashion recently? Oh yeah. People are like, oh, I'm a Sapphic. And I'm like, oh, really? So yeah, I'm into that. I like it. I think it's pretty cool. I like where it came from. Yeah, I'd go with that. Let's bring it back. Let's start calling it. The OG term. We love it. Love it. Yeah. Remember, you can also give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Pod. Kirsty, thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking all of the queer women. Where can our listeners find you on social media? I'm on Twitter. Um, I've just got on it, actually, reluctantly. 
but hey it worked today with you guys <laughs> yes but yeah yeah didn't it but yeah twitter kirsty law and where can they find your book anywhere i mean like yeah it's actually in a lot of places weirdly it's, it's out in the states in november november 8th i think um so yeah independent bookstores queer bookstores i'd recommend getting it from a queer bookstore let's help them out a bit um you can get it on amazon too um and other than your upcoming book on, uh, you know, the gay IVF journey, <laughs> any other projects you want to let people know about? Any other stuff you're working on? Well, that is something that I've started looking around on. I mean, I've um, I've gone through all my WhatsApp messages at the time and put them down on my computer just so I can get the memory of it because I don't write diaries or anything like that. And that's something that I definitely would like to work on because IVF for lesbians um, and queer people, you don't know anything about it. And the only way you do know about it is to ask your exes because, you know, we're all friends. <laughs> you go, you go uh, through the chart, sure. <laughs> you do. That's genuinely how me and my wife figured it out. Like we went to this other person who I'd like briefly dated and then we were like, hey, how did you have your child? And then that's it. So uh, any information that is funny too, because I do like to make things funny. <laughs> so yeah, that that would be something that I would like to work on for sure. Um, but I just love writing about lesbians. Amazing. I just love it. And queer women. Yeah. So I'll just keep writing about those people. Cannot wait for a short history of queer women. Make sure you get your copy. Thank you so much, Kirsty. Thank you. Let me hear you say hip, 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 hip. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. And we just want to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And this week, we want to shout out first a user on Twitter who messaged us, Park Welch's, saying that they need us to get Christina Tontari Young on our podcast and have her sing and that they will offer us uh, their unborn child, which like sold. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a child yet. So if you want. <laughs> Do you want to give me your unborn child? Kelsey, like, Kelsey would be thrilled if I showed up with another baby, honestly. So, um, and we'd be thrilled to have Christine on the podcast. So, so let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you have made a contract with us, so yeah. um, get ready to sign in blood. We will have someone show up <laughs> at your door tomorrow. Great. Uh, um, also, it'll be Kristen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Kristen will come by with uh, something to prick you. <laughs> also, everyone's talking about Warrior Nun. Emma also reached out on Instagram saying that we have to watch it and we need to help save it from cancellation because it's going to be another one of those Netflix gay shows that they cancel. Fingers crossed it's not. Fingers crossed, So make sure all of you out there are checking it out. And as always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, A.D. Benitez, and Fiona W. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Julia Gonzalez, and Leah Henley. Thank you all so much. We could not keep doing this podcast without you and all of our patrons. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Less Hangout Pod. You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they go up every week. We're also putting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to catch them. Les Hangout is an independently produced show. It's hosted by us. Our audio production is done by Ellie. Our production assistant is Krista Mearson and various other Twitter shenanigans and, uh, and I don't know what. What do I even do anymore? They're done by me. <laughs> you are an endless well of emotional support <laughs> and Discord 
chat. There you go. And some graphics. Why not? And some graphics. If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen. We'd love to hear what you have to say. If you want to support us financially, the easiest way to do that is to join our Patreon. You can find it at bit.ly slash lespatreon. You get access to our Discord chat, to our our bonus episodes that we're releasing now. You get access to ad-free episodes. Um, It's just, it's a good time. All of our Les Essentials viewing parties, all sorts of good stuff. Also, our Patreon is really what helps us pay for things like that is the largest source of our income to pay Kristen to pay myself for audio audio production to pay for any of the things that we do so if you are a part of our patreon you truly truly are helping us create this show if you want to get some less hangout merch you can get that at bit.ly slash les shop you can get tanks totes tees all that fun stuff and it's perfect holiday season to get some Holla gay sweaters. We got a lot of them up there. Remember, we also have a queer production company. We are making queer podcasts, musicals with guaranteed happy endings. You can find us everywhere at Dollar Bean Prod. Or you can find us at our website, dollarbeanproductions.com. You can listen to all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame. They are up on all podcasting apps. And if you want to support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeanpatreon. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. Out, out.